This is the Born Again Biker Podcast, a show that goes deeper into real-life Bible application from a biker perspective. And here is your host, Chris Mouthpiece Dwelly. What's going on, everybody? It's Pastor Chris. That's right. It's Mouthpiece from Victory Biker Church, Maine, and you're listening to the Born Again Biker Podcast. What do you guys think of the new intro? Uh, I was sitting here and I decided that I needed a UFC style Michael Buffer intro. So I did what every other red-blooded American man does is that I made one. So anyways, uh, today we're going to be in Philippians chapter 2. Uh, we are going to be talking about Christian humility. We're going to talk about having the attitude of Christ. Uh, where does it come from? How do we get it? How do we apply it in our lives? That's where we're heading today. So chapter 2, verse 1 says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and one purpose. Don't be selfish, trying to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on, cro- on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a, a pl- the place of the highest honor and gave him the name above all names, that he, at least the name of Jesus with that... Wow, hang on, sorry. Verse 10, that at The name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that the Lord Jesus is Lord and the glory of God the Father. Okay, so that scripture just did not want to come out of my mouth today, guys. I am so sorry. So here we go. Let's get into Philippians chapter 2. We're talking about having the attitude of Christ. And what Paul is talking about here in the beginning is he's looking to see where the Philippians' hearts are, okay? Uh, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? So he's giving them some criteria here. Is he? Are you guys finding your encouragement simply from belonging to Jesus. And I know this is something that I've struggled with in my life. You know, we are, are, are we finding it is encouragement from Jesus. Is that enough? Is that enough? Are we looking to, to Jesus for everything that we have? Are we looking to Jesus for Whatever it is that we need, whatever it is that we want, whatever it is, the, the, the good, the bad, the indifferent, are we looking to Jesus for that? Are we comforted by, by Jesus' love? Are we comforted by the love the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit 
give us? Are we, are we looking for love elsewhere? Is it not adding up to being enough for us? Are we fellowshipping together with other like-minded believers in the Holy Spirit? Are we, are we saying, you know what, uh, let's, let's get together, let's lift God up together, um, let's make sure that we're all in one mind and one accord and, and lift Jesus up. And lastly, are our hearts tender and compassionate? Or are we what unfortunately has become the stereotypical Christian in the United States, these hard-hearted people that look down their noses at other people and say, yeah, well, you're not as holy as I am, so unfortunately that's going to be something that we're going to have to condemn you for. I'm sorry, but you're not following the rules like we are. My bad, you've got to go. You can't be part of what we're doing. Or are your hearts tender and compassionate like they were for Jesus? Verse 2 here says, Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together in one mind and one purpose. And, and honestly, church, I think this is where the church as a whole, you know, that's the big C church. It's the whole, the body of Christ, the church of God. They need to go back to Philippians chapter two, verse two, and, and, and reread this because this is something that is not happening in the church today. We are not agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. We, we can say we love each other in Christ, but come on, we, we can't say that that's actually true. It's a lie from the pit of hell. And it, it's, it, we're lying to God when we say that. And what I mean by this is if we're supposed to be agreeing with each other wholeheartedly, then how come we have so many different denominational differences? Why, why are we allowing man's interpretation of God's word to divide the body of Christ. The truth be told, our whole purpose is to glorify God, not to glorify a church, not to glorify a denomination, not to glorify a belief. Our whole purpose here, our whole, the attitude that we have to have, and we have to get back to church. I promise you, I am going to do everything in my power to get us back to this. Is we have to agree wholeheartedly. What are we supposed to agree on? Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior over our, over our lives. He came, he died for our sins, and he was resurrected on that third day. And he, when he rose again, it, he conquered sin and he conquered death. If we can get that and agree on that, why can't we love one another, work together in one mind and one purpose? Why can't we do that? Is it because our egos aren't allowing us to do that? Is it because we, we can't possibly, you know, admit that, oh, well, may, maybe, the, maybe the stuff that we think is important really isn't that important. Maybe it's the stuff that, that, that Jesus says is important. Maybe that's the stuff we're supposed to focus on. No, that couldn't possibly be it. Because it says here in verse 3, don't be selfish and try to impress other people. And honestly, isn't that really what all this is? It's, it's self-importance and it's ego-driven because the truth of the matter is, if it doesn't line up with what Jesus taught, you know what? It doesn't matter. 
It truly doesn't matter. But we have selfish ambition because we have human nature. We want to make sure that what we're doing is what the world tells us we're supposed to do. Is look out for number one. Look out for self. Make sure that you're taken care of. And honestly, that's not how we're supposed to be, church. We as the body are not supposed to be like that. We're supposed to be humble. We're not supposed to put ourselves first. I am second. I remember reading a, a study called I am second, and it, it put me into perspective where it's supposed to be I am third. You know, first it's God. Then it's my family and the people I love. Then it's me. So this isn't about, our walk with God isn't about being selfish and what we can get out of it. We don't, I honestly, if we're trying to impress others as we go through our daily walk, as we go through, you know, the, the, the walk with God that we're supposed to be doing, if we're doing this to impress other people or if what other people are saying or doing matters, honestly, church, we're doing it for the wrong reasons because we're supposed to be humble. And it says here that we're supposed to be thinking of others before we think of ourselves. So what happens for us doesn't really matter. I mean, it does, but shouldn't we be putting other people first? Now, I want to look at the the rest of the scripture that we read. This is basically telling us what the attitude that we should have. So the beginning of what we talked about here up to, up to like verse so far up up to verse 3. But f- verse 4 also, you know, th- this is all about the attitude. Basically Paul's giving an attitude check. Where your heart's at, guys. Where your heart's at. It says here, don't look out for only your own interest, but take your own, take it an interest in others too. You know, that that in and of itself says a lot right there. We shouldn't be so focused on us that we miss the opportunities that God is putting before us. It says in verse five, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Do you have that attitude? I fight daily to get that attitude. And that's the honest truth. I fight daily to make sure that my attitude lines up with Jesus's attitude. Because the truth is, a lot of times I fail at it. And I fail miserably at it. But I am trying and I'm trying every day to be better than I was yesterday. Let's look at verse 6. Even though Jesus was God. Even though he was in heaven on the throne with God and the Holy Spirit. He put his equality to them aside. He didn't care if he was equal, greater than, less than. It wasn't something he had to hold on to. His pride, he didn't have that pride because it wasn't about him. He gave it all up. He gave up all. It says that he gave up those divine privileges. He gave up everything and he came here as a humble servant, as a humble servant. He was born of a human being, but he came with no divine privilege. When he came in human form, he made himself obedient to God the Father. He made himself obedient. You know, he could have been like, 
I'm Jesus. I can do what I want. That's right. I'm going to do what I want. But you know what? He didn't do that. You know, he was obedient to his parents for the first 33 years. He, be, he did what God asked him to do. And he was obedient. He sacrificed to God daily. And when it came down, when the time came, he humbled himself in obedience and he died a criminal's death on a cross. So being humble, if you look at what he's talking about here, Jesus was humble. It wasn't about, in, you know, how many times through these scriptures did Jesus say, go show the priest, but don't tell him who did this. How many times? I mean, he could have easily inflated himself into being, you know, this, this show, but he didn't. He didn't do that. He wanted all of the glory to go to God. He wanted the glory to be put where it's supposed to be, where God is is. And by being humble, what did God do? God glorified him. God lifted him up and he elevated him to a place of honor and he gave him the ability to have his name above all other names. It's the name that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. This is Jesus Christ. He is the Lord and Savior. And you know, so how do we apply this in our lives? You know, we as, as the, the motorcycle community, it's really easy to, uh, to become full of ourselves. You know, we can be, you know, those of us that are in clubs or for in our case, we're in, you know, we have our church. Uh, for those of us that are part of the, the MC world, uh, not that I am, but those, you know, I'm, you know where I'm going with this. But th those of us that are part of this motorcycle community that we're in, uh, you know, position is everything, and you know, it, it's easy to get into a place where the higher up on the totem pole that you go, that it's uh, it's e it's easy to get that ego. You know, you're you're a president, you're a pastor, you're a a deacon, you're an elder, you're you know. In, in the club world, you could be, you know, the president or vice president, sergeant at arms, you know, whatever. Um, you know, it's easy to kind of look at it where there are people below you. Um, but honestly, if you look at the leadership that Jesus had, Jesus took that, that leadership pyramid that, that we, uh, especially we as Americans, uh, have, have, taken and put into the church context and the corporate context where you've got the one guy at the top and it kind of filters down and then there's more and more and more people holding up the guy at the top. Jesus, Jesus was the guy at the bottom. He took that power pyramid and he flipped it upside down. And he, and that's honestly how we try to do things here in our church. But he took that power pyramid and he flipped it upside down. And he empowered other people to go out, preach the gospel, baptize people in my name. And he, he put it out there and he taught people. He empowered his disciples who empowered disciples who empowered disciples who empowered disciples to go out into the world. And what Jesus did 
was Jesus held up the pyramid instead of the pyramid holding up Jesus. Talk about humility, church. Talk about humility. So we, those of us that ride, you know, we take, you know, we are the ones that in in this world, you know, we're considered the outcast. We're considered the broken. We're considered, you know, the the don't fit people. And you know what? That's okay. But how do we apply this humility into our lives? We stop and we help people that are broken down on the side of the road. We see a need. We feel a need. I'm going to tell you that the motorcycle community, for those of you that are not part of this, the the motorcycle community is the most generous, caring, loving community that I have ever come across. And that is why I'm a biker pastor. That is what has made me decide to become part of this community buy motorcycles and become and make this part of my life, make this how I live. It's because I want to be generous and loving and humble and caring because these people already get it. The only difference is they don't know the Jesus that's in me that makes me have it. So if I can share Jesus with people that are already understanding it, yeah, are they rough around the edges? Of course they are. Find me somebody that wasn't brought up in a hardcore church that isn't a little rough around the edges. And you know what? Honestly, they're rough around the edges too. They just hide it in their closets. But anyways, I digress. I'm going to leave this here for you guys today, church. I want you to look at your walk. I want you to look at this scripture, read through this and look at the, look at what the example that Jesus is here. Okay. I want you to look at Jesus's example and I want you to look at how you're living. Are you living up to the example that they give us here in Philippians chapter two? Because it says that you have to have the same attitude as Christ Jesus had. How's your attitude? Is it the same as Jesus? And don't get me wrong. There were times where Jesus flipped over tables. There were times where, you know, Jesus was, you know, had a braided whip and he was flipping over money changers. And, you know, there are times in our lives that we're going to have to do that too. But is our attitude the same as Jesus? Are we loving and compassionate and selfless and, and we're trying to find ways that we as the body of Christ can work together again instead of being so polarized? Are we trying to find ways that we can build that bridge back up and not be so, well, if the Baptists believe this, I can't work with them, or if the Pentecostals believe that, I can't work with them. Or those non-denominational guys, they don't believe anything. I can't work with them. Here's the deal. If you believe in Jesus and you believe that he died for you and you believe what he said is really real, then this church will work with you. We will stand shoulder to shoulder and side by side and we will feed the homeless and we will take care of the orphans and the widows and we will take care of people that are devastated by natural disasters and we will do everything that it is that God has called us to do. So I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. I love you. God bless and have a great day.